Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. On today's show, we have Abhijit Gangali, Managing Director of Goodyear Ventures at the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Abhijit has led the CVC from the beginning, from creating the strategy to investing in and accelerating the future of mobility. For those that don't know, Goodyear is one of the world's largest tire companies. It employs about 72,000 people and manufactures its products in 57 facilities in 23 countries around the world. But Goodyear has gone way beyond the tire with a holistic business innovation model that was created to seize the future of mobility, whether that is across fleets, autonomous, connected, or electric vehicles. Today, we talk about the need for continuous innovation and how to innovate at a 125-year-old company and what's next in the world of mobility. So please join me in welcoming Abhijit. Abhijit, it is so nice to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Fred. Looking forward to it. Can you introduce the audience to Goodyear? I'm sure everyone knows the tires. Uh, sports fans know the blimp, but maybe a, just a holistic snapshot of the organization as a whole. Yeah, no, uh, you, you know, listen, Goodyear is an iconic brand in mobility. That's a, that's a one thing that gets me excited and energized to come to work every day. Um, beyond uh, those obvious things that you kind of mentioned, uh, we look at ourselves as an enabler of mobility. Why do I say that? When cars drive people, when trucks move goods, when planes land uh, passengers and cargo, uh, we are there every step of the way. Um, we are global. We are multidimensional. We have uh, businesses across consumer, commercial, also in mining. And nowadays, we also are making tires for autonomous robots. Uh, so we have we touch almost every aspect of goods and people movement. We have been in existence since the last, in fact, next year will be our 125th year. We'll be celebrating that as a company. Really looking forward to that. So if you look at, uh, look at us as a company, we have been enabling mobility almost uh, from the day the automobile was actually discovered and in its current form. And as we look at ourselves going forward, we are very excited because we are at another inflection in mobility with respect to what you mentioned in fleets, autonomous, connected, and electric. And may I add sustainability? That's a key uh, factor that's coming into goods and people movement. And, uh, you know, with all those things, uh, you know, in the 125 years of our history, we have seen inflection points and we believe we are in one of those today as it comes to moving goods and people. And, uh, uh, you know, that's our story. That's kind of who we are beyond the symbols uh, that you mentioned of our iconic brand and, and the blimp. But, you know, it's, as you were describing that, I honestly did not think about the fact that there are tires on the airplane as you land and take off, right? Uh, and then seeing that range from that to the fleets of trucks, right? But then also the autonomous delivery vehicles and robots and that next level. Uh, it, it's fascinating to think about all the, the pieces and players there. Could you also level set us a little bit about what you do uh, at Goodyear? I know I, 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 I teased it out a little on the intro, from the CBC side, but maybe just uh, explain your role and maybe how you got there. 
Yeah, sounds great. So um, I have, uh, I, I'm going to complete my 11th year in this company. It just went by so fast. I joined the company in a corporate innovation role, uh, you know, eventually running our corporate incubator. I call that, or we call that, our inside out innovation efforts. And as we matured in the inside out innovation journey, we actually also realized that we needed to strengthen our outside in innovation capabilities. And those conversations led us, and, and some benchmarkings we did with other companies, led us to believe that a corporate venture capital fund would be a great uh, new tool to add to our overall innovation portfolio. In terms of my journey, I was at a point where I had run the corporate incubator. I had actually participated in some M&A related to a German technology company. I really loved that kind of that side of uh, the deal making and investment aspect of it. And when this corporate venture fund was announced, I was like, wow, this is something I absolutely have to try out. So uh, I'm happy it worked out. And that's kind of how I got there from running our inside, uh, inside out corporate incubator initiatives to getting those experiences in deal making to when this outside in initiative was uh, announced, getting to the to be able to uh, lead it. I consider myself very fortunate to be uh, to be having that uh, uh, that part of uh, this part of my career right now. It, it's so interesting. I love the sort of transformation. And, and it's something that, that we think about and talk about a lot is traditionally, right? It's it's sort of the innovation happened inside the four walls, R&D for that organization. And then there was sort of this moment of like, oh, inside out, there's an opportunity for that innovation to spread beyond your company. And now I'd say, you know, over the last five years or so, maybe a little longer than that, there's the outside in, this idea that there are amazing technologies and startup founders all around the world that are innovating in different ways. And, and how do you sort of en enable the disruptors to be partners or collaborators with you rather than, than be adversarial? And also part of that, Fred, is also what's happening to mobility that kind of makes that an imperative to, for us. Yes, we have a phenomenal inside-out innovation program, not only in the mobility side of things, but also on the product side of things where we are a, a leading innovator in many of the new products that we have released. But what has happened in mobility, as you said, uh, we are moving from individually owned cars to shared transportation. Yeah. Uh, we are going from uh, human-driven cars to, in certain situations, uh, trucks and cars that might be able to drive themselves fully autonomously. And they are in certain situations today. We are going from a vehicle that was not so connected to a vehicle where all the components, most of the components of the car are starting to become very, very connected. Uh, and again, that's a part that gets us very excited as because the only part of the, of the car that touches the road is the tire. And therefore, connecting the tire, in addition to all the components of the vehicle, we think uh, makes mobility safer and more efficient. And those are things that we care about deeply. So uh, when we look at all the things, and of course, secular trends like electrification that is coming in, not just to decarbonize mobility, but also to kind of get our uh, people and goods to move in a more efficient way. I think those uh, innovations that are happening in mobility make it very important for us to not just focus on inside-out innovation, but also on the outside-in angles of innovation. Together, I think they make for a very compelling program. Absolutely. I mean, the, the best programs have both, which I think is so interesting. Can you talk a little bit about that, that journey early on? Because as you said, super iconic company, unbelievable at what you do, uh, you know, world-class leader. And all of a sudden, I would imagine the conversation, whether it is with senior leadership or board members or investors, right, of saying, hey, we're going to open up our doors here to the external 
that often feels like a scary or risky thing to do. Can you, can you talk maybe a little bit about that journey from the, the internal inside out to outside in and, and maybe some, some challenges there or opportunities you saw to, to make that leap? Yeah, I, I must say it was surprisingly, um, it's obviously a transition to, to manage, but it wasn't as hard as, as it may seem because, again, given our position as a mobility enabler, our leadership recognized the need for us to complement our existing innovation efforts with that outside in parts. So, um, uh, yes, as we speak, the CVC is overseen by our CEO, our CTO, and our CFO. They form a part of an investment committee, and they are supported by others as they uh, choose uh, uh, to. But the, the reality is there was never a big debate that do we need to do this or not. There was uh, this, this need was felt fairly universally uh, across our senior leadership teams. Now, where there was a lot of discussion and debate is how to do it right, because corporations interacting with startups is something that we need to get those interactions set down right. We did a lot of benchmarking. We went out, uh, you know, in terms of meeting a lot of financial VCs, a lot of corporate venture capital funds, we asked them questions on how you do this. Uh, what are the best practices? We learned from the best in the industry. And then we brought those best practices over into Goodyear. And so far in our two and a half years of existence, we have made uh, around 13 investments. And uh, you know we think that we are one of the speedier corporate venture capital funds uh, to be able to take decisions. And, and all credit goes to our leadership recognizing the need to take rapid decisions and organizing ourselves in that way. So I would say it's been been an easy conversation with respect to, do we need to do this? Uh, where it has taken us a little bit of time is to just uh, get ourselves set up with the best practices and internalize those and then roll them out uh, as we speak. Were there any major learnings from that process as you were you know, taking the best practices in? Like for, if somebody was listening to this for the, that is trying to start their CBC or, or speaking to their leadership, about creating one? Is there any sort of, uh, you know, what comes to mind when I say, are there any learnings you'd warn somebody of? Yeah, I think there's there's tons of learnings for us on the CDC side. I might not say warn uh, somebody, but I think uh, when, what I would say is that when we are interacting with startups as corporations, we need to recognize uh, the need for speed on the startup side. So decision-making, whether it's investment decisions or it's strategic tie creation decisions, those have to be done very quickly. Uh, so that's something, speed is of the essence when we are, when we are working with startups. And uh, also we, we have to, when we, design when we design agreements with startups, at least from the Goodyear side, we try to make sure that the agreements are balanced and fair for both the, both the parties over here. We don't believe in creating one-sided agreements. We think that the value creation has to be mutual, meaning Goodyear has to enable the startup with some of its uh, key assets and competencies that the startup would get and uh, hopefully supercharge their efforts in the market. And on the other side, we would get some terrific learnings working with the startups directly one-on-one -on -one with some of the projects that we do with them. I think those, uh, you know, what I would say is that the relationships uh, that go well Inevitably, you know, almost 100% of the time has those things worked out well, where we focus on mutual value creation and we are able to articulate how the startup's creating value for us and how good is creating value for, for startups. If it doesn't happen in a bi-directional way, uh, it won't work well. So that, that's the only big piece of uh, advice I would probably give to somebody who's starting uh, starting a CVC in, in terms of how to work with startups. Well, if you don't mind, I'd love to dive and kind of click into that just a little bit. Because one of the things 
we've seen is it requires a bit of a mindset shift, right? Because traditionally, when you've worked with outside in larger companies, it's usually mergers and acquisitions, right? Acquisitions for the most part, right? And so you want 100% of the IP, you want exclusivity, you're trying to buy the tech and, and you know move it in. How do you help people that have done that successfully for 100 plus years move to this model of, hey, we need to create a fair and mutually beneficial scenario and we're going to let these startups run and we're going to let them under the hood a little bit on our side. How do you, how do you flip that switch and, and get that mindset to, to shift as an organization? Yeah, so maybe I give you a concrete example of that, and and that'll help uh, help that answer that question. So uh, I'll pick on an investment that we made in a company called uh, Gothic, which is actually a leader in autonomous deliveries in the middle mile. Gothic moves goods autonomously within fixed routes uh, for customers like Walmart and Loblaws, and uh, they are very much uh, solving a critical problem of driver shortage in addition to supply chains moving closer to the end consumer because of uh, digital and non and contactless uh, ways we have learned to order things so gatic is is making the you know fulfilling this critical need uh, when we uh, invested in gatic we talked about some of the mutual value creation areas and uh, they said that look we need the tire information to be sent to us so that if the autonomous vehicles uh, vehicle driving on a snowy condition needs to know something about what the road is like and therefore how it might need to change its driving patterns, uh, the tire is the best place for us to get that information. And so then we complemented Gaddick's, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we are complementing Gaddick with that information and data, which Goodyear is in a great position to give because we have uh, a lot of uh, very in-depth technical experts who are uh, analyzing the data and looking for patterns in the data to uh, make sure that we communicate the right messages in terms of what the tire is feeling from the road. And then on Gaddick's side, when we work with Gaddick in that way, we are able to understand, oh, what kind of product might the autonomous vehicle industry need? And to be able to build the product in a synergistic way with one of the leaders in the AV space is a great thing for us. So that's a case, uh, that's an example where we are uh, really synergizing with a startup where we are learning by doing with them. And Gaddick is benefiting from all the technical experts that Goodyear has that digitizes the tire and uh, connects the tire into the autonomous vehicle system so that the driving of the AV can be safer and more efficient. So that is uh, you know, an example by which I, I wanted to illustrate the point that if the interests of the two of both the sides are, you know, we are able to meet the interests of both parties, in the fact that we work together and somebody, each one of us gains something uniquely from the relationship and we can move forward in our respective worlds, that's the best case uh, setup. Uh, so, so that's kind of uh, what I would say probably is as an example of what works when corporations and startups work together. I love that. And it's so powerful, right? Both of you have so much to gain from that, that partnership. So when I talk to CVCs, the number one, I'll call it frustration or friction point, is the balance between strategic and financial results, right? You've already talked about it. I've done some research and listened to some of your other uh, podcasts and interviews, and you talk about strategic being sort of the, the first filter with which you look at any startup. Yeah. So how, how do you balance that? You're trying to learn for the core, but also I'm sure you need to deliver returns for the fund. How do you balance that sort of dynamic and, and dichotomy? 
Right. No, everything starts with the strategic needs of Goodyear, for sure, in terms of where we invest. So we won't invest in things that are not of strategic relevance to Goodyear, for sure. That said, I do see strategic and financial success as kind of mutually reinforcing rather than independent of each other. In my opinion, they are two sides of the same coin, although we look at the strategic filter first uh, from a Goodyear standpoint. Why I say that is, again, some of the best relationships are startups that are themselves successful because if they go all the way, they'll uh, keep teaching us along their own journey. Uh, And so very often we do tend to have evaluations of our deals and some of the criteria we use to evaluate uh, which startups we invest in do include, uh, you know, uh, as a secondary uh, filter, some of the financial metrics that you might expect a financial VC to include in their assessment. So we do try to make sure that every startup that we invest in can be uh, or potentially uh, can be a leader in the space that they're in and therefore will be financially successful. In fact, we believe that if we invest in those kind of startups, that is where our, our learnings will be maximized and therefore our strategic value will be maximized in engaging with that startup. So, um, I see them as two sides of the same coin, but as a CVC, I think uh, the most important thing is to make sure that we don't divert too much or or diverge too much uh, from the priorities of the organization and the learning agenda that the organization has in mobility. So that's that's uh, I, I would say that that uh, friction is not uh, untrue, but it is also uh, um, you know from our standpoint the the way we like to do it is we see them as two sides of the same coin. I think it's really interesting. Often. Like when we look at frictions within our business, I always say these are opportunities, right? Like let's let's turn the friction upside down. And in what you're describing, what's really interesting about it is the strategy and the financial working together is also the the strategic learning and focusing on 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 the core uh, of what you're trying to accomplish is what your strength is as a VC or CVC. It's what differentiates you from a general uh, venture capitalist. So the fact you're leaning into it. Also, is going to attract uh, the types of companies that you want to invest in, which is a, you know self fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely, yeah. Can you give us a few examples of your investments uh, from your portfolio, just to give an idea of the range of you know what you all are considering as part of the future of mobility? Sure, uh, I spoke about Gaddick, where the key uh, initiative for us is to uh, have the connected tire speak to the autonomous vehicle as the only part of the vehicle that touches the road and convey critical road-related information to the vehicle. Uh, so that's kind of one example. And it's, it's got us uh, got a lot of us excited because it has implications on what new products we build for the future of autonomy. So that's kind of one in the autonomous space. I would give you an example in the electrification space that I'm particularly excited about. We made an investment in a company called Revel, uh, which is uh, a yeah. Brooklyn ba- Brooklyn based electric vehicle company. Uh, when I met the CEO, I was very impressed by how he said that. Look, uh, it is possible to electrify ride hailing and ride sharing uh, today. We don't have to wait for 2030 or 2040. So he started uh, Revel with that vision, and we were really enamored by by his uh, by his uh, uh, his vision for the future of uh, of mobility. When we invested in Rebel, what we thought we could do there was to learn how our products might need to evolve for an electric vehicle uh, fleet, which is being operated with very high utilization in a given uh, geographic domain like New York City. That is generally a bit different uh, design criteria than what we might have for an OEM, where we are doing extremely well with our EV products. 
but it's it's a it's just a little ver- uh, different from how we are designing products for OEMs. So that's another example of a synergistic relationship where we go into Revel. We are actually starting to take pictures of of the tires in use uh, in the fleet and bringing those pictures back so that our engineers in the product development side can look at them and say, um, okay, maybe for a fleet like that, which is running 100% EVs and is the specific set of cars or geofence in a given city like New York or San Francisco, um, you know, we can probably add value by making the product this way or that way. I think that's another example where electrification is a key theme and we are kind of supporting it and learning in return how to design products and services uh, for uh, for a fleet like Rebel. We also service Rebel with our uh, role uh, service, which is a, a fully mobile uh, on-site service. So Rebel cars don't need to come to our stores. We go to them in their yards and service them with a mobile mm-hmm. van. And that's also teaching us a lot about how to how to uh, service these new new and upcoming fleets. Last but not the least, uh, I would say another uh, uh, investment I could probably talk about is in Starship, which is moving goods in our in, in sidewalks. Uh, we love Starship because when we first saw them uh, or when we first met them, we saw them as a very sustainable way to do last mile deliveries. You can imagine when I order a burger with fries for my lunch or for my dinner, there is a 3,000 pound uh, car that is being driven by a human being that shows up. And I, I don't know if the equations balance from a, from a sustainability perspective. Uh, having the robotic form factor to deliver these uh, last mile deliveries uh, through sidewalks has been a very, very interesting way for us to think about how goods can move in the last mile. So that's another uh, another area where we are actively learning with those things. So if you can think, if you can see some of these investments that we have made, you'll see the eventual team of fleets, autonomous, connected, electric, and sustainable coming all together. And uh, Gaddick, Revel, and Starship are three leading examples that uh, we, we love to talk about. Of course, there's others in the portfolio that we are very, very proud of. But uh, those are the three top stories that come to my mind. I love it. Well, let's peer out 10 years from now. You and I are having this conversation again. What would surprise us about how mobility has changed? What do you, what do you think is coming down the pike that maybe a general consumer either thinks is sci-fi and, and far out there or uh, doesn't know, doesn't even have it on their radar? No, I think uh, the, the trends that, I think the things that we'll see 10 years out are rooted in the realities of today. Let me exemplify that by what I mean. We live in a labor-constrained economy, and that's probably not going to change in the next 10 years. As a result of that, I would expect robotics to continue to intersect with mobility. And therefore, the uh, people and goods movement priorities in, uh, with AVs is unlikely to change. And I think you're going to see a lot of innovation in the intersection of robotics and mobility. So that's one. The second one, as we discussed, sustainability is no longer a buzzword. It is actually a business uh, business priority. And therefore, decarbonization of transport is going to be critical. And therefore, I think 10 years from now, you're going to see uh, an escalation of the percentage of the car park that is electric vehicles. And therefore, you will see tier one suppliers and, and, uh, and component builders who are adapting to that change. Uh, and that'll be wonderful to see the industry go there. Uh, because of its obvious benefits uh, with respect to sustainability. So that's not going to change. You're going to see more innovation in that area. And of course, uh, I mean, the the trends around shared ownership of cars is here to stay. I think Uber taught us some valuable lessons. And and I think those lessons have spread across different different industries, even for our industry in mobility. I think those trends will continue to remain. So um, 
as we zoom out 10 years from now, I just see the world evolving according to the needs uh, that people and goods moving businesses have. And, uh, you know, those are some of the things that we think. Of course, then the the last thing I would, I mean, you can think about over the air updates becoming more and more the norm for improving the performance of a given part and taking care of issues. So uh, things like those, we believe, will continue to remain critical and connectedness will, I think, create uh, wonderful experiences in mobility that people are not not getting today as, yeah, as we speak. That's super interesting. Well, is there, I'll, I'll give you sort of the opportunity, an open mic question uh, for anything. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have, or that you would want to share with the audience as, as sort of like a, a parting comment? Yeah, look, I think uh, I just, I, I don't know if I got to got a chance to share uh, how much fun this is to do, to be in a, in a corporate venture capital fund. Primarily because, um, you know, I get to interact with these wonderful entrepreneurs who take enormous risks and uh, and uh, and put everything in the line to push the boundaries of mobility. Uh, and I respect that. And and uh, and they every time I talk to uh, this this group, the team, and so uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be doing this and uh, learning from some of the sharpest, brightest minds. And uh, yeah, I would, uh, you know. Uh, if you are in that category and you're uh, kind of uh, pushing and disrupting the knowledge uh, base in mobility, uh, come talk to us. If I if I may take that opportunity to to yeah. pitch Goodyear Ventures to your audience, uh, that's probably what I would say as a parting comment. Well, I, I love it, and and I agree. It's uh, it's very hard not to feel the energy and the enthusiasm and hope for the future when you're surrounded by these brilliant startups solving difficult problems, and and they're all in right there. They're, they're going out to do this. And it's uh, it, it's something that fills, I, I know it on a daily basis, our whole team kind of like looks around and we're like, this is the greatest job in the world. Uh, this is so fun and interesting and important, uh, which is what you want to do with your life. So uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. And we certainly will uh, will, will encourage everybody to uh, get in touch with you. And on, on that note, is is there anywhere uh, folks should go to learn more about yourself or, or Goodyear Ventures? Yeah, so we have a substantial presence. The whole Goodyear Ventures team is on LinkedIn. You can message message us. Uh, in fact, the last couple of deals we have done were actually LinkedIn outreaches, which ended up in us investing. So that, that was fun. Um, you can also go to GoodyearVentures.com, which is our website, which also has uh, a contact us form. Uh, we do look at everything that comes through that uh, uh, aspect. We may not be able to answer back to everybody. We just certainly take a look at everything. And those are two very good avenues for, for you. Of course, you, if you know anyone who uh, eventually can give you a warm intro, uh, happy to do that too as well. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for your time and also for all you're doing to uh, spark change. Uh, and it's been, it's been my pleasure getting to chat with you. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate uh, you having me here today. Thanks so much for joining us today. I love this conversation. It's so interesting to think about the intersection of outside innovation, inside innovation, how they need to be mutually beneficial uh, for both sides. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and also share it with your friends. Uh, we would love to spread the word on this. And also please follow us on LinkedIn at VentureFuel. You'll see all of our events, all our podcasts upcoming, as well as uh, hear from other thought leaders on how they're merging this world of large organizations and up and coming startups. Thanks again for your time and look forward to having you uh, on the next episode. Take care.